Good morning. It is Danger Dan here in the talk shop. Got another good show for you today. On my way to Sturgis, I ran into David Mann. That's right. 2021, I rode to Sturgis with David Mann. Anyways, we sat down on the trail and we recorded this podcast, and uh, I got to know David Mann a little bit more. Now, I met him on the trail. We hooked up Cardos. We started fucking chatting. I was like, God damn, this dude is interesting. Maybe it'll work out that I get to sit down and do a podcast with him one night, and it did. Now, we recorded this podcast in gypsum after riding through a bunch of gypsum silt. And you can tell as we are like hacking shit up the whole podcast. So just bear with us as we push through some phlegm. Let's get into it. Was Thou Shall Not Hassle by Extermination Day. Thanks to Heavy Clothing. Check out Heavy Clothing at Heavy Clothing or heavy.bigcartel.com. This show is brought to you by MC Shop Tees. Your t-shirt of the month club. The only way to support every local motorcycle shop. That is right. It's like a magazine subscription, but you get a t-shirt. Each month, I feature badass shops from around the country that I find on my travels that have helped me out or helped out a fellow traveler. This month's featured shop is Hang'em High Customs. I first met Justin Kelly, I don't know, fucking three, four years ago, had him on the podcast and he's just been humping it ever since then. Before that, dude, uh, you can scroll back. If you type in Danger Dan and Justin Kelly into, I don't know, Google, it'll pull it up. I don't know that you can find it on your podcast app. It only keeps about 100 in the queue. But, man, he's been getting it since then. This year, man, I've seen him all over the country. I saw him race one of his choppers at the Texas Fandango. It was fucking badass. Uh, He spent time in the service, uh, you know, taking care of our freedom here at the great homeland. And we salute you for that, Justin. And we did a T-shirt that kind of, you know, reflects that. Cody Hennings designed it up for us, one of his customers and a great tattoo artist here in the Metroplex. Anyways, it's a rad shirt. I've gotten a bunch of emails saying, hey, I want to sign up and get that shirt. It doesn't work like that, man. Sign up now. Once you see the shirts on the internet, 
It's too late. So you got to sign up now so you don't miss next month's. And if there are any leftovers, only subscribers will be able to buy them when I finally release the leftovers. So you got to support all the shops, every local motorcycle shop. I know this probably isn't the best business model, not selling the shirts after I release them, but that's just the way it is. It's a club. You want to be a part? Sign up, man. We got men's sizes. We got a soft and heavy style t-shirt. We've got women's cuts and we've got kids cuts so your kids can go to school being the baddest motherfuckers there mcshoptees.com all right um so i got some dates dude we got some things coming up labor day's coming up there's a party in durango the four corners motorcycle rally um I don't have that fucking address pulled up, but dude, there's a fucking party. Fuck, I can't even think of the name of the spot now. Oh my gosh. Listen to last week's podcast. I nailed that one in the intro. Uh, but you know, also you got Born Free coming up this weekend. Chopper Con is happening. Built Wells People's Champ voting started this week. You've got till the 27th to vote. Go to peopleschampshow.com so that you can vote for Cliff. Uh, September 11th is the Full Tilt Boogie. Nordic Brewing Co. in Monticello, Minnesota. Choppers, vans, bands, and beer. September 18th is the Junction City Chopper Show in Ogden, Utah, their first vintage chopper show. <clears throat> October 3rd is the Southern Throwdown at Yellow Rose Canyon. The Outbound Train will be playing. Oh, shit. And the weekend before that is Nitty Gritty Chopper City down in Houston. Outbound Train will be playing there along with FTW. That is Knives Made by Nick and his fucking crew. Dude, they will be slaying sound waves at Nitty Gritty. So will the outbound train. And then we'll go to Yellow Rose Canyon and play the Southern Throwdown pre-party as well on Saturday night. So make sure you are at Yellow Rose Canyon October 2nd. The outbound train will be playing. And guy, I don't know who else is going to be there, but there is going to be some other acts. I am sure of it. October 8th and 9th is Virginia City Roundup. It's Choppers Magazine Rodeo and Motorcycle Show. Dude, that's right. They're having a motorcycle show at a rodeo. Friday night, you can watch bull riding. Saturday night, you can put your chopper in the arena. It's going to be sick. I think you're going to get to barrel race on your chopper. You might even get to barrel race a horse. It's going to be a rad thing. They got some rad folks involved. They're even doing like fucking a, a square body truck convention or some shit. Follow Chopper's Mag so that you can get all the details. Speaking of Chopper's Mag, go pre-order the newest issue. 
They should be shipping out soon. I did a full write-up on our Desperado run where we traveled across Mexico and went to the EDR. 3,000 words I wrote. I put together 3,000 words in cell phone photos. It's a lot, I know. And if you've heard the podcast, you're like, why the fuck do I need to read it? I don't know. I probably tell the story different when I wasn't telling it with those five dudes standing next to me. Or maybe not. Maybe it's the same. I don't even remember. Go check out the new Chopper's Mag. And I talked to Brobeck. Do we're going to... I think we're going to do something wild next year for Sturgis. Come to find out, he's got a buddy who owns a campground up there. And it's the same buddy I have. The same place I've been staying at the past three or four years. It's a, it's a fucking sweet facility. And we're going to do something. I'm not sure what it is, but there's a stage. There's a field. There's trails. It connects to all the trails. It's... Uh, Just stay tuned. Put Sturgis on your fucking calendar for next year. I know you're like, why would I want to go to Sturgis during Sturgis week when all the other motherfuckers are there, when they're dressing up in leather? And Dude, trust me, it's going to be a good one. Sturgis 2022. October 16th is our local Tubbs Brewery Rat Rodtober. Don't fucking miss that one. November 11th is Fuel Cleveland in Cleveland, Ohio. And then you got Thanksgiving, fucking turkey day. Hunting season is almost upon us. Uh, Man, I got some rad shit, dude. We're getting close to the end of the year. It is August now, fixing to be September. You need to go to DangerDansTalkShop.com And sign up to become a patron. Yes, you do. Sign up. We got some rad shit to give away at the end of this year. I've got a $100 gift card to give away this month, next month, and the month after that to lowbrowcustoms.com. Trust me. It will be very easy to spend $100 at lowbrowcustoms.com. And not because it's expensive there, but because they got all the shit you need and want for your chopper. Check out Lowbrow Customs. I can't wait to put my list together when I get back and tear my chopper down. Dude, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know if I'm gonna give it a full facelift or I'm just gonna fucking band-aid shit together again. But I'm looking forward to ordering some shit from Lowbrow, so you should go check it out as well. And then what else? Lowbrow Customs. Oh, yeah, low, I got a fucking, I already have a gas tank from LowbrowCustoms.com that I will be putting in the hands of Mechanical Candy, I mean Chemical Candy Customs. Randy is going to paint some fucking flames on this motherfucker. And one of you lucky patrons is going to win that tank this year. That's right. Somebody is going to win a Chemical Candy Customs painted lowbrow customs tank. God damn, it's going to be sick. Not only are we giving away a tank, my boys in Louisiana have built a shovel head motor. I picked up a shovel head motor from Josh over at uh, Strokers from Rick Fairless. 
It was, I guess, part of one of the bikes he put together. Anyways, I had my guys in New Orleans put a fresh rebuild on it. It will be at the Southern Throwdown, possibly on a run stand so you can hear it run. Actually, I'm going to go get it before the Southern Throwdown. Fuck that. Anyways, there is a motor, rebuilt motor, shovel head, that one of you lucky patrons is going to win. Every $5 you contribute between now and the end of the year gives you a chance at winning a fucking shovel. I can't even believe I'm giving away a shovel head motor. Sick. It's sick. Like, who knows what this is going to grow into. But go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com and sign up now. Now let's get into this show. So this podcast was recorded <clears throat> like the second night. Second, let's see, one, two. Yeah. No, the third night on the road on my way to Sturgis. And I just happened to run into this guy on a KTM on the trail. Decked out was funny. He like, you know, it looked like all of his shit was brand new, but he just really takes care of his shit and keeps it really clean because he's had this bike for like six years. He's ridden it a lot. And he he was on the beginning of a big trip and he was headed. He was going to be gone till the fall. And that was his second night out. It's pretty rad. Pretty rad dude. Um, you know, his name's fucking David, man. It's funny. He made a comment like earlier that day. And I caught that his name was David. But he made some comment that seemed derogatory towards David, man. And I was like, I can't even, I don't even know exactly what he said. But it sounded like he was just putting down David Mann. And I'm thinking the artist. Well, come to find out that's his name. He was just like making some comment about himself that I misunderstood, which I thought was funny when I learned that his fucking name was David Mann. And I looked up Richard Mann, who he talks about, which is his dad, but is also a badass motorcycle racer um, who recently... I think he fucking died this earlier this year, maybe. Anyways, uh, this is a fun show. We talked for a couple hours. It's funny, after we took off the next morning, dude, that trail was fucking gnarly. Uh, the, look up the gypsum part of the Colorado BDR. I mean, I didn't really see any videos that do it justice. I'll try and... Download some of the video from my GoPro today and get a video out so that you can see some of the shit I talk about in this podcast. But we're riding down the road and or actually I was by myself at this point. I'd, you know, gone ahead of David and we were on this dirt road for a while. And I see this little fucking campground and it's got a little general store. Now, this campground's like got a bunch of cabins. They're doing like river floats. I've been on this gravel road next to the Colorado River for a minute. And uh, I pull into this general store and there's these two cats. They're a little older than me. And they're just like standing there. You can tell they'd been bullshitting that morning. 
and they see me pull up and they're just like, what in the fuck? Where did you come from? They see the Texas plates. I'm like, where in Texas are you from? I'm like, well, I live in Weatherford. And they were like, we get the fuck out of here. We both graduated from Alito. And I was like, no fucking way. I graduated from Alito. Yeah, I know, right. Small world. It was pretty crazy to find these two guys. Super rad dudes. One of them's name was Jimmy. He bought that campground like in the early 90s. Or no, he moved up there in the early 90s. I think he, he bought it sometime after that, and he's been there ever since. And the other dude, him and his dad bought the original Fuzzy's Taco that I used to go to late night when I was younger right there in TCU. And they ended up franchising it, and that's why there's Fuzzy's Tacos everywhere is because of this dude. It's pretty wild to meet these guys randomly. We had a good laugh. They graduated in 89. I graduated in 2003. Things had changed a little bit, but it's a fucking small world. Got to ride to Sturgis with David Mann. Here he is. Two days ago, me and Randall. That guy? Yeah. Some guy? My buddy, Randall. We were, uh, we were rolling down a trail. We came up to this fucking mud puddle. And I was like, sick. I'm going to stick the GoPro over there and like film myself going through there. Yeah, yeah. I don't ever do it. And I stopped. I was like, oh, I'm going to do it right now. So I go over there and I set the GoPro up. And then I almost pissed in the puddle I was fixing to fry it. And thought better of it. I was like, oh, I'll pee over here first. That's a better idea. And then I set the GoPro up. And uh, it literally went dead right before I rode through it. And I didn't get it. Yeah, that's the universe talking sometimes. Yeah, I was trying too hard. I'll tell you, I wanted, I, I would killed for some footage of me going through that water ford. What do you, what do you, what do you keep calling it? Ford. Ford. Uh, like, yeah. Like the vehicle? Like the vehicle, but not the vehicle, yeah. Yeah, so when you're doing a water crossing, uh, whether it's on foot or in a vehicle, it's referred to as a Ford sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Not many times over here is it referred to as a Ford. Where, where does that terminology come from? I don't know the etymology of that. I don't know the etymology of that. Uh, I don't think it's automotive directly. Otherwise, there would be something called a Chevy, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a clear trail. It's easy to walk down. <laughs> there were some Chevys out there today. Saw a couple of Jeeps. Some Toyotas. I was talking about a clear trail. Oh, I see. There were some Chevys out there today. <laughs> yep, from now on, that's what it is. Clear trail is a Chevy. Oh, man. <clears throat> All so, right, so state your name, your occupation, your motorcycle, 
of choice, your motorcycle of now, um, mm. and your favorite constellation. All right. I like it. Um, my name is David Mann. Some people know me as Keeper. Uh, I have a bunch of nicknames. But, uh, Hold on. Your, your name's David Mann? Yeah. Totally. Like the motorcycle artist? Come on. Yeah, straight up. And my father's Richard Mann. He was also a motorcycle guy. Yeah, David Mann. The mo- the, Did he, he do that on purpose? No, man. He had no idea. <laughs> but he was a... But he rode? No, my dad never rode. He he's he's okay with me riding. Like, well, who's Richard? Rich is my dad. Oh, who's Richard? Who's the other Richard man? I forget exactly. I thought you said that Richard man rode. Okay, sorry. So so there is another David man and another Richard man who are famous motorcycle artists. Oh, that are of no relation to myself and my father. Are they related to each other? I don't know. That is a good question. I should find out. But David Mann died. So if you Google my name the f- or, or something like that, one of the first things that comes up is uh, the obituary for David Mann. I bet it is. Which freaked me out a little bit the first time I Googled me. <laughs> uh, occupation. I am unemployed. I am completely unemployed. I am a former service industry worker. I've done construction did a lot of construction up in alaska um most yeah, recently that's, <clears throat> that's what intrigued me today talking to you okay so we met today on on what road was that what was the number i don't even know i couldn't even tell you it was it was just on the east side was of it 305 uh, no it was 433 433 yeah and uh, it's just on the east side of weston pass so we used so yeah, let's tell me how you got there. Um, so I left Elizabeth, Colorado, where I'm living at my friend's house um, yesterday at about noon, and uh, I had on the Gaia Maps app that I'm using on my Gaia isn't like the alien, app? Uh, like the mother Mother Earth. Oh, like Gaia is like the. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, all right. But so, yeah, you know what app I'm talking about, like the the. It has all the fucking spiritual shit and the yoga and the aliens. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Gaiam. Gaiam with an M at the end. But I think it's play on that. Um, So I left his place at around noon, passed through Castle Rock on pavement, and then I got west of Castle Rock and I uh, hit dirt um, on a route that I had charted on the on the interwebs. And um, what do you use to find these routes? Just the map. The map. I just look at... So basically what I wanted to do was get on dirt as soon as possible and get to the BDR as quickly as possible. Um, So I just studied the map, zoomed in, studied the map, looked at paper maps, and found a route that that connected with the BDR uh, just south of Fairplay at 285, Highway 285. And that's Buena Vista. <clears throat> North of Buena Vista, yeah. So did you do 311 out of Buena Vista? 306 to 311? Um, no, I did something called the West Decon Road and continued west on that until I hit Trail Creek Road. And then I took that until it connected with Highway 24. 24, I continued southwest on that until I hit Highway 285. Then I went north just a few miles on 285 until 
I broke off onto the BDR, which I think is 433. Okay. And I took that. I only went about <clears throat> 10, 15 miles until I camped. Um, and then the next morning I met you, this morning. Yeah, so I left this morning. Well, fuck, I haven't told everybody what I did the past three days, dude. Yeah. So me and Randall struck off <clears throat> from Red River, New Mexico. <clears throat> and we were 280 miles away from dirt. We skipped the first part of <clears throat> the Colorado BDR from the Four Corners. Mm-hmm. It's all pavement anyways. Okay. Up to Dol- Dolores or something, right? Yeah, to Dolores. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. So <clears throat> we did that the first day. <clears throat> Hit dirt <clears throat> at 280 miles. And we did the whole first section of the BDR that first day. Yeah. After that. That's a tough After section, too. We were at 12 hours. <laughs> fucking, I, sh- we, I mean, we talked about stopping to camp at the bottom of Overpass, which uh-huh. there's a reason the section one ends at the bottom. So you can gather your shit before right. you do the second section. Because that second section is fucking gnarly, dude. It's hard. How would you compare it to what we did on Hagerman today? Well, before that, hold on. Okay. So when me and Miranda struck off on dirt, we both had paper maps, no GPS. <clears throat> but we hooked up the 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 Cardos. Uh-huh. And it was so fucking rad just being able I mean just even when you're parked, <clears throat> not having to take your helmet off right? to like talk, you don't have to yeah. yell. Like it made it really easy, especially yeah. since I'm wearing a full face, which I don't like. Uh-huh. Like and one thing I I know when I do buy another helmet, I'm fucking getting a modular helmet, right? Yeah. Because on the way, I remember I, we passed some lady, and she was on her phone, and she got all pissed off, and then passed me, and then brake checked me. Ah. Uh, you know, and I'm really? like, you know, obviously she's having a bad day, but she, right. I, she couldn't see me smiling at her. She just <laughs> sees me with this black helmet, black goggles, looking over at her she can't see me smiling. Like, so I don't like that. I want to be able mm-hmm. to like show my, you know, my speckled teeth to uh-huh, people. Uh-huh. You know? That makes sense. Whether it's a smile or maybe it's not a smile. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I was that's when I realized like, oh, that's what I don't like about full faces the most. Like, and especially like not being able to look over and see fucking Randall or you and like see the reaction on your face oh, as right. we're like hitting things. Right. Like, you know, being able to communicate, I can like, you can at least tell me something. I can get something out of that. So that helps. You know, it does take away. I think from now on, all my chopper trips are going to be mandatory. I got to see your face. Yeah. I want to see your face if we're riding together. I want to look over whether we're fucking in the rain. I mean, even if it's a clear bubble shield, whatever. I want to be able to see the smile or the not smile, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, we hit dirt, and we're talking back and forth. <clears throat> he's got a tank bag, and he's got the map, like, right there where he can see it, but it's down low, right? Yeah. And it seemed like that that was going to be the best way to do it, but I stuck mine in my pocket, and I could pull it up and, like, hold it right in front of my face. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see you do that. That's pretty cool, man. I've never I mean, seen anyone do that before. Well, I mean, that's I just do that with my phone. I mean, whatever. Uh but that was handy. But w- and it was cool, like 
trying to figure out this route. The roads weren't marked real good. He's thinking one thing, I'm thinking another. Anyways, we were like, we did a couple circles that first day. We, it was no direct jump on the BDR, and we were okay. Uh, we did some things twice, and I think we missed one section. Okay. From a mismarking, not a mismarking, but a misreading on the map to actual. Anyways, we had a good day. When we killed it, there was nothing real challenging at all. You know, there was a couple of sand spots. Mm. Randall did go down in a big rut. What's he riding? He was on a Pan American too. Okay. Yeah, he had a Pan American special, white and orange. Has the adaptive ride height. <coughs> Super sick. And the only mods that we've done is <coughs> pipes and then those rocks risers. He's mm. got some. I put some on his and mine. And then those, uh, those fucking highway pegs. Which were so bad. I was to, that was my first day to use them. Like being able to like extend uh, all my... Yeah, I'd love some down. of that, man. It was fucking... <laughs> it was, it, it's like a game changer. Yeah, so yeah. So that was good. And then we get to uh, Telluride. We stop <clears> and we get some... Uh, or actually, before we took off on dirt, we got dehydrated bag food. Because I told them like... I don't know. I have no idea what this trail. I didn't look into it. I didn't like. I got the map. I didn't check into the terrain. How difficult it was going to be. So I told him like we ought to get some food just in case when we leave town now and go on to dirt into this Colorado backcountry. That if something happens, we got food. You know, like <laughs> even if it's just the bikes quit working or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. Working and like we just need to go ahead and have it. So we carried that all day long. And, mm -hmm. uh, like freeze-dried food? Dude, I'm a fucking fan. We had Hell Southwest yeah. chili. Oh, yeah. Something. I got I got Not six chili, bags but... of, of beef stroganoff in my, side, in my side bag right now. Dude, it was <laughs> it was so good that night. <laughs> but, so we get to Ofer. And the town or the pass? Uh, the town. I mean, I was like, when we, when we stopped in Telluride, we got gas. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, let's find a place to camp at the bottom of Ofer Pass. Because, you know, there's always places to pull off yeah. passes dude that pass was filled up with people huh. and it was so steep already like just going in to check like you'd see a trail go off to like what would be a campsite i'd go back there there'd be somebody already said yeah colorado in the summertime dude man. it happened all the way so finally i came down i was like all right randall uh this isn't looking good it's the sun's fixing to set it would be beautiful to go over over while the sun's setting, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and at this point, we'd been on our bikes for 12 hours. Like, literally taking away the, the we stopped for food at one point and the gas, it was like 13 and a half hours to that point. So, like, 12 hours on the bike. And, and then all of a sudden, I see a spot that looks like it would be a sweet spot to camp. And I'm like, stop, Randall, I'm going to go look. And it's on an incline. I just have him stop on an incline. I go up and look. There's nothing. I almost dumped my bike trying to turn it around. And this this couple's like, hey, yeah, we're here. And I'm like, all right, well, I might need your help in a second. <laughs> and then I go back down there. And this, you know, it's rock and dirt. And sure enough, I take off. And then fucking Randall's not behind me. And I look back, and he's just fucking... Dude, he's just peeling out, trying to, you know, start up that hill. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and he had done it a couple, you know, more than a couple times by the time I came back. 
And he's like, dude, I don't know what's going on. I'm giving it gas and it's not fucking spinning. And I'm like, oh shit. He had his traction control on maybe. No, no, Uh no, no. So I'm like, all right, well, fucking just dump that clutch and give it some gas and I'm going to, you know, give you a push and get you going. So that worked. All right. And then I'm like, all right, we're going to go up the pass. We start going up the pass to where like, you know, there's a fucking drop off to my right. I mean, it's fucking gnarly and it's rocky as shit. Yeah. And I start looking back and I'm like, fuck, Randall's not here again, you know? And, uh, oh, and I told him, like, don't stop on the incline. You know, he, he knew at that point where, you know, like, it was, you know, it was just a fuck up. So then I'm looking in my rearview mirror going up this crazy pass, and I don't see him. And I slow down, and then I just drop my fucking bike. <sighs> now my bike's laying in the middle of the fucking trail. <laughs> I can hear Randall trying, like, the same thing's happening again. I'm like, Stop! Just stop. I'm like, I know he's making it worse, the clutch, you know. And finally, I uh, I fucking run off. My light bike's laying on its side. I got a great picture of it. And I run <laughs> back down there, and uh, I'm like, hey, dude, we just we need to go all the way back down. Like, I saw something mm-hmm. way at the bottom. It wasn't ideal, but we're going to make, we got to make it work. So we turn around, and we, we go down. I find another spot that was even, it was fucking great. But we were hoping, you know, like he was telling me, that, yeah, I'm giving it gas, clutches out, it's just spinning. And I'm like, that's not good, you know. Mm. Like, so we're like, maybe when it cools off in the morning, it'll be fine. And I was like, dude, we're fucking worn out. Like, I was having trouble. So the next morning, same shit. We go to start up there. It starts doing it again. So I'm like, all right. So first we were going to go just straight to the Harley dealership in Durango. Uh-huh. And I'm like, fuck it, let's go to this gas station that we were just at where I got service. I'm going to make a couple phone calls, call my buddy Lance at Dallas, Harley Davidson. He's like, oh, yeah, it's got a fucking adjustment right there on the clutch lever, you know, like a dirt bike. And I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. You know, like most Harleys don't have that shit. You right, know? right. Yeah, it's a whole different beast you're riding. Okay, so guess what I did? <laughs> I fucking broke that. Oh, shit. I broke the adjustment. How'd you do that? I backed it all the way out when I should have been screwing it in. So then when I went to screw it in, it fucking cross-threaded, I think, and then just broke. So then I pull it off, and I cut away the threads with a fucking hatchet or a hacksaw (laughs) out of a fucking multi-tool, right? (laughs) Stick it back on there. I'm like, all right, try this. And he's like, oh, it's just the same as it was. All right. So I call up Durango. And uh, they're like, yeah. I'm like, I'm asking them, like, hey, if we pull this cover off, is there, like, an adjustment that can be made on the inside? Because most Harleys, like, you know, you can adjust inside. I'm thinking maybe. But, no, this is new. He's like, no, if it's doing what you're telling me it's doing, he's going to need a new clutch pack. And we don't have any of those. Fuck. Harley has a deal where they can overnight it for a traveler, but it's Saturday, so I can't push that through till Monday. So it'll be Tuesday, and I'm like... Oh, this isn't good. And yeah. Randall's like, yeah, that's it. I'm just going to try and get back to Red River where his road... He rode his road glide down from uh, Yellowstone oh. and met me in Red River. <clears throat> so where, how did he pick up the Pan American? I brought it to... I brought it up to Red okay. River. Okay. All right. You trailered my, both of them? Yeah, I trailered those, my <clears> chopper, <throat> dirt bikes, side-by-side, my family. Huh. Okay, like, right. And they took to everything Red back. River for the summer. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. 
So that was when it was just like, all right, you know, I'm not gonna go hang out with you, like, you know, like we're yeah, this we're on we're on different trips now. Like, <laughs> yep. I hate this. <laughs> yep. I hate this, but I I'm gonna <clears throat> keep going. And yep. He was cool. I mean, he you know. That was just the way it was. You know, yeah. It's, it's yeah, a new that's bike, the way it is, man. And shit like that happens. Yep. Uh, we learned a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. 12 hours in a day before you do some gnarly That's the hardest section pass. of the whole thing, man. The, yeah, do the hardest section of the BDR on a fucking bike that you don't have a lot of time on. Yeah, a big bike. A big bike. So, I mean, I'm just glad we didn't get up over Ofer because it's not like, you know, we were in the clear. You know, like if something would have happened... You know? No, you're in the fucking wilderness up there, man. Yeah, so it was. It all worked out the way that it should have, because it got really gnarly after that. Huh? I mean, cinnamon, California. Oh yeah, those are hard, man. I mean, I've never some done those gnarly shit that I did. Yeah, good for you, bro. <laughs> I mean, it was. I honestly, <clears throat> you know, I'm thinking, okay, this is BDR. They're pushing this ride. Like, it's not. They're not gonna. Have a, some really difficult shit, but and I That's guess it's probably not part. really difficult on a dirt bike. Right, right, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, 150, 175 pounds. But dirt I mean, bike. this thing just kept going. Like literally, all I do is fucking turn the throttle and hold on, like it's a bull, mm. and it does everything. And I wish I would have. I mean, not to the, not that. I'm gonna. I'd like to do it again and have more time to stop and talk to people because mm. I've been on more of a mission yeah you, know, like, you gotta play you got places Sturgis, to be right you know, like this is just my route there so there's been a lot of bikes and there's a lot of bikes up there in the alpine but i was also jamming the music dude i like <laughs> didn't want to stop and talk to anybody at one point i went by a bunch of fucking bmws at the bottom of california mm-hmm. and i hear one of them go holy shit that's the harley yeah and i'm, and I'm jamming <laughs> to like fucking david allen co i wasn't stopping for those nerds <laughs> dude, i just kept going <laughs> but I would like to, uh, you know, it'd be cool to talk to some more people yeah. along the way. Now, that being said, I'm also using a paper map. Whenever I'm not sure, I pull over the first person I see on a dirt bike, and I'm like, hey. And I've met some cool people that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you today. So this morning, right? so yesterday I did all that. I got down to... Uh, Lake City, which was fucking gorgeous. Lake City is wonderful, man. And then I hauled ass out of there and uh, made it to Pitkin. Saw a moose. I saw a moose, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I saw a moose out there. And that's and so I did the second day and the third day. Okay. Almost com- oh, the, almost completely the third day. The sections, yeah. Uh, and it was, the third day is a bunch of just... You know, beautiful scenery, fucking roads that you can haul. Like, really, the roads that you can get going really fast on, and then there'll be a giant rut or a mud puddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but then there was a, one section where it was like, I mean, just fucking glass ah. gravel road. Ah, love it. So then I made it to Pitkin uh-huh. and uh, met this fucking uh, this dude. He was like... Uh, he looked like a Mormon or something in the town of Pitkin. Uh-huh. He was telling me his <clears throat> his parents used to, like, host the camp shack up there. There was, like, a spring. I'm just trying to find water because I got to the general store late. <laughs> Anyways, I set up camp. A bunch of cows came in, and I <laughs> left this morning. Dude, I built up. It was fucking cold. 37 degrees. Yeah. 
and then I climb a fucking pass. Right, you know, right. Because I wanted to get to that first little town to uh, Tin Cup. Tin Cup is fucking sick. I've never been to I the little to town of it. But say that. Why is that? Everybody, because I don't want everybody <laughs> to know. Because it was so fucking cool. There's good camping up there, man. Good camping, thousands of miles of trails. Uh, the town is like crazy, crazy cool. And I met this old dude who owned, ran a barbecue shop right there. He was in the dirt. He rode for the Dirty Dozen in Arizona back in the yeah. 70s. Had a 47 knucklehead. And now he's got a fucking razor with metal doors, memory <laughs> foam, custom seats, all Denver Bronco fucking upholstery. Because he used to be a player, right? All, yeah. And all the fucking doors have airbrush, uh, what do you call it, murals? Mm. Like when he was telling me this, I was like, what? It's like airbrush? Oh, yeah, come check it out. So he goes around back, mm. opens up his garage. He's showing me this tricked out fucking Can-Am with like bulletproof glass windows and shit. It was Damn. fucking tricked out. And then, uh, so there I made it. Oh, I went to uh, do Cottonwood Pass. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. That is beautiful. I, I spent a lot of time up there camping. I mean, that is like fresh black top. Oh, they just paved it, man. I haven't even been on the west side of it yet. That has been Blast, dirt forever. I've been dude. riding that road for for years, and they just paved it like last year. Oh, they're gonna. That place is gonna be ruined. I Tin know. Cup's gonna be I ruined. Know. I better take my family there quick. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be ruined. Well, they're they're not paving Tim Cup. That's for sure. He said. I asked him. I was like, "Do they maintain these roads in the winter?" He's like. The Hell snow no. goes over the houses. <laughs> he doesn't live there year round, does he? No, he doesn't. Okay, no. I don't know that anybody does. That no, is, no, no. That's he, serious. He up made there. it seem like that. That's not an option. Yeah, I don't think it is. Not unless you have a helicopter. You know, so you could snowmobile down to Salida or something like that, but that's about it. <clears throat> yeah, that'd be fucking wild. But dude, that was cool. And then I made it to Buena Vista. Mm-hmm. The fuck, my favorite section of today was 311 out of Buena Vista. I rode through some, like, rock tunnels. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then the 311, <clears throat> it was so sick, dude. I mean, it was like a fucking a bobsled track except for sand. Hmm. Oh, man, fucking crazy rocks, like out in Joshua Tree type shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of bouldering and stuff out there. Oh, man, yeah. that was fucking cool, dude. And that's a tight trail for, like, side-by-sides. Hmm. Uh, I mean, there's no two-way traffic. I was, it was fucking cool as shit. And then that just, you know, just kept going, and then it got to, like, dirt. Mm-hmm. And that's where I ran into you. Okay, yeah, you you just zipped up right behind me. I was like, holy shit, there's somebody right here. He's on a fucking Pan American, right on. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Caught a lot of people by surprise. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people have seen that bike yet. You know? Yeah, I guess they haven't. No, it's making big waves in the... Uh, well, I guess because you know? the only way you're going to see it is if you buy one, you know somebody that has one, or you go to a dealership and look at it. And a lot of people out here riding trails aren't going to Harley Davidson dealerships. <laughs> you know? Like, so everybody's like, what the fuck is that? Oh, and I tell them it's a Harley. They're like, oh, that's that's what I've heard about. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
Yeah, you know, and since mine doesn't have any emblems like on the tank or nothing. Right. Well, you know, I, like... I knew it immediately from the front cowling and the headlights. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I've seen you know I've seen the bike a, a bunch on ADV Rider and stuff like that. Nice. <clears throat> and I was like, yeah, man, that's a fucking Pan American. Oh, there's a. Oh, I thought it was a satellite. It's a plane. Never mind. Oh, I saw. There's a big ass shooting star. Oh yeah. Well, so we're coming right in on the Perseid meteor shower in a couple of days. Um, that's a pretty much one of the two biggest of the year. Dude, this happens every year at Sturgis. <coughs> oh yeah. All right. Yeah, it seems like I'm always high on mushrooms watching <laughs> shooting stars laying in the grass somewhere in Sturgis. Milky Way's looking strong tonight too. Oh yeah, dude. That moon hadn't peaked up yet, has it? No. No, there it is. It's, it's over that way. You sure that's not Oh that's a, no, that can't be uh that can't be the moon because that's almost due south. I don't know what the fuck it is. That's not big enough to be... Maybe it's gypsum and eagle. Yeah. All that. Anyway. Um, yeah, you came rolling up. Dude, and then we fucking... <clears throat> you know, we talked for a minute. We, like, checked our shit out. Yeah. And it was funny because you rolled up and I, I was already so far behind the whatever you want to call a schedule that I had given myself because... I'd been talking with those dirt bikers. Well, tell me what your your plan was. Like, you had a plan, obviously. <clears throat> well, my plan was to wake up with the sun, but I was exhausted from the past week and a half of two weeks of working on my bike and prepping for this whole thing. What were I, you doing to get ready? Oh, man, I did a shit ton to get ready for it. Um, I put all the mods on that are... that. Uh, a lot of the mods on that are currently on there, that fairing, the lighting system. The fairing to... looks sick as right, fuck, dude. Thank dude. you. Thank you. So that's you. not stock. <clears throat> no, no, that is not stock. Because it fits it like it's... It does. It's made by a guy uh, in uh, Czech Republic called Raid Garage. And he does a lot of aftermarket stuff for the 690 in particular. Um, and uh, so he makes that fairing and the lighting system that goes with it that I'm super pleased with. Um, but it took a bunch of wiring work. Um, I did all the fluids except for the front forks, um, radiator, uh, put in a new clutch slave cylinder, bled the clutch system, bled the radiator, um, oil change, new brake pads. Um, I uh, uh, checked and adjusted my valves. I put in new rocker arms up on the top end. Um, the tires, <clears throat> um, I didn't mount those myself. I had a shop do that. Um, <clears throat> what else did I How do? How is it adjusting the valves on those? <clears throat> it's, it's surprisingly easy. I thought it was going to be really hard. I'd only done it on an old BMW Airhead before, and they're really easy to get into because the cylinder heads are exposed down there. Yeah, on the BMW. Um, yeah. But, um, but it wasn't very hard on this. I mean, it took me a while because I went real slow. I didn't want to fuck anything up. But it was pretty easy. Most of my valves were in spec. It's only got four valves. Um, so I had to shim two of them. And um, that worked out great. It's running like a And top. you did the rocker arms while you were in there? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because <clears throat> that bike has a known issue with the rocker arms going out. And if they go out, sometimes they go out catastrophically. They throw needle bearings all over your engine and fucks it all up. Oh, that sounds great. So... Um, so I did it as a preventative, even though when I replaced them, my old rocker arms were fine. Um, but I just did it as a preventative. Um, what else did I do to that fucking thing? Um, put some charging stuff in there. Did, you, did it take a week to load those bags? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it took a week to get the bags. Dude. They got held up in Germany at customs or some shit like that, and it took oh, it takes longer forever than to get I was anything right Oh, now. the other thing that I had to do was so the paneer racks, the racks that the bags go on. <clears throat> the racks that I had on there before that didn't fit. Hold on, hold on. What'd you call them? Paneers? Paneer. You, you yeah. gotta understand my audience here. Oh, okay. All what, right. Paneers. What? Yeah, my saddlebags. Um, okay, there you go. But they're called. They're also called paneers. P-A-N-N-I-E-R-S. What's that from? I don't know the etymology of that either. It sounds French. Yeah. Probably from bicycles, actually. Okay. Um, some people call them panniers. I call them paneers, but like sog paneer. Because <laughs> my ex-wife is from India. <laughs> um, what is sog paneer? Sog paneer. It's an Indian dish with uh, homemade cheese, and um, which is the paneer, and sog is uh, the Hindi word, I think, for spinach. Okay. So it's spinach and cheese. It's real good. Sounds good. Um, but anyway, the, uh, the old racks that I had on there didn't fit the new bags. And I wanted these new bags because I'm a geek about having my kit set up exactly I mean that's that seems pretty typical for most people I've met okay with adventure bikes yeah yeah real particular the 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 terminology that that I've heard is is gear queers about oh okay all the you know yep it's like and I and I started thinking about what's different about this Harley is I think there's going to be room for the aftermarket to do like parts hell yeah it's like on most ADV bikes it's like it's just the bag setup, you know. Like, well, how are you gonna haul your shit around? Right now, obviously, there's fair. Like, you've done some more stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not as prevalent as what I think is gonna happen to this Harley. Like, okay. you're gonna see maybe a different kind of fairing that pops in there, uh-huh. a different kind of tank that you can put on. Yeah, maybe for extended range stuff like that, or just a f- different look. Mm-hmm. You know, Harley people aren't. It's not function all the time, right? Maybe somebody wants a fucking Sportster tank on their Pan America. Yeah, you know, turn like, into a bobber, right? I mean, I think that these are all going to be possibilities more so than, you know, on a GS. You yeah, know? yeah. Or a GS. What are you going to do to a GS? Like, literally. What lights. are you going to do except for, like, yeah, lights, lights and Lights and bags. That's it. And, and, like, protection, like skid plates and shit like that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I did to my bike was I put on a new set of. Um, well, tell me about these bags. Foot pegs. All right. These so, bags, they fuck. They're they're pretty badass. They are badass. I fucking love them. They're um, so I was running uh, bags from a company called Moscow Moto, which has taken the adventure. Uh, Their bags are great. They're I've seen them. awesome. They are absolutely awesome. I think they already have a set of black and orange ones for the Pan Am. Uh, okay, yeah, they have black and orange for the KTMs also. Oh, well, maybe that's what people are doing. Um, but anyway, so I'd been running those for a while, and um, everything about them is awesome, just not for me, for my particular packing style. Um, they're sort of long and tubular. I like a more rectangular bag, so I can lay things out side by side as opposed to stacked on top of one another. <clears throat> um, so I sourced these bags out there, made by a company called Enduristan, which is out of Switzerland. Um, but they have a U.S. distributor. And so I had to get the new racks for these new bags, uh, which came from Czech Republic. But they only make the new racks for the new KTM 690s, for the twi- uh, 2019 to 2021. That's the 2015 that I have. And so I had to contact a local metal fabricator and make some brackets for me so they would fit my bike. So I did that. <clears throat> Finally got the bags in, which got held up. Do you make up. them out of steel or aluminum? What do you make them Steel. 
Good. Yeah, just uh, just steel, uh, 18 mil steel tubing, and um, uh, so then I got the bags um, mounted finally. And I like having passenger pegs because I like to hook my heels on the passenger pegs, but those are not made to work with passenger pegs. So I had to figure out some spacers and some things like that. I eventually got it all set up. Um, those bags, those Enduristan bags are, um, they're dry bag style, much like yours are. Um, so you roll them up and you roll, you know, you open them up and you roll them down. Um, they're tight, they're waterproof, they're dust proof. They're great. I'm really liking them so far, but they are big. Yeah. They're bigger than I expected them to be, which is good because I brought a lot of shit with me. Yeah, you filled them up, huh? <clears throat> Not quite full. I wanted to leave some room for food and stuff like that, but I'm I'm on the road for months. So one thing that I brought a little too much of was clothing. Um, Everybody does that. Yeah, and I've done it a million times and shipped stuff home. I mean, I brought, what did I bring? Three T-shirts, uh, one button-down, <clears throat> um, four pairs of socks, three pairs of underwear, um, a flannel shirt. And then I have, um, my cold weather gear also, because I'm going to be riding into the fall. Um, so I got a heated vest. I've got, um, like a windproof fleece. Um, and then I also, because I'm going to be doing some backpacking on this trip, have my backpacking clothing. I got a down parka, <clears throat> um, some down pants. Uh, that's about it. And then these pairs, this pair of pants is my only pair of pants. They're zip-off pants, so they turn into shorts, too. Um, I've got a bathing suit with me because, you know, I might just want to have a pair of shorts to fucking jump in the lake with. Um, yeah, that was nice today. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> now, i got my riding boots, but then I also have a pair of trail running sneakers, which is what I do my backpacking in, and a pair of flip-flops. Um... And that's about it. That's about it for clothing. Uh, and a then, bunch of tools. <clears throat> um, not a bunch, a bunch, but yeah, I've got a pretty solid tool roll um, and some uh, repair stuff like uh, Gorilla Tape, uh, Quick Steel Epoxy, um, things like that, and a uh, bunch of zip ties. I got stuff for changing, for changing tires and repairing tubes. Dude, I found the baddest set of zip ties ever. Dude, they got rubber grippers on one side, and then they got this handy little, like, thing that sticks off of the fucking... Oh, you'll have to show me. That, like, you can undo them Because I'm a easy. gear queer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to show me. Oh, dude, they're sick. Um, I can build a bike with them. I got, I got a speaker with me, a little Bluetooth speaker, so I can jam tunes at the campsite. Damn. Um, you know, I've got my earbuds and I've got some electronics. Um, that tablet is a new thing for me with the uh, with the GPS on it. And I'll tell you, man, I I love it. I've been an old school paper map person my whole life, and I love. I have paper maps with me too, but I love uh, I love that GPS. It's great. Um, so is it telling you in your helmet as well what to do? No, no. I turned that function off. I don't want that whole thing. I don't want it to be like make a left here. Um, I would rather still do the route finding my, or not really the route finding. So what it is, is I, I downloaded from the BDR website, I downloaded the GPX files, which are what you import into a GPS unit. 
Um, and then poof, you import it and all of a sudden it shows up on your fucking screen. And it's got a little, you know, it's got a line highlighted along the way and it's got waypoints. Also little markers that, um, have, okay, this is a deep Ford or deep water crossing, <laughs> deep Chevy, <clears throat> um, or, you know, gas over here, this, that, it just has some useful information on there. Yeah. Um, which has been really, really nice so far. Um, yeah, I've enjoyed that. So that small duffel bag that I have on the on the back rack um, is just cold weather gear, cold That's weather it. riding gear, stuff like that, extra pair of gloves. Um, the big yellow duffel bag that I have on there is all my camping gear and my camping chair and my stove and my tent and my sleeping bag and also my backpacking backpack so that when I do eventually stop at a trailhead, <clears throat> I can whip out all my backpacking gear, pack for foot travel, and do that. Damn. Because I have a couple of backpacking uh, trips planned uh, in Washington and Montana. Fuck. That's a lot of stuff, dude. It is a lot of stuff. You know, mostly it's not too heavy, fortunately. Mostly it's just bulky. Um, I got some books with me because I like to read. I brought three See, I fucking books with me. Fucked up and didn't bring two books that I wanted to bring. <clears throat> I'm a big fan of stopping at used bookstores, like on the road. But um, but what I found last time when I was out for a month and a half was uh, this was last fall. Um, they didn't have the books that I wanted often, and I just there were three books that I really want to read right now. So I'm halfway through one of them, Kurt Vonnegut book, and. Uh, I got a... Uh, Damn, that dude's twisted. Yeah, dude, he's hilarious. <laughs> so, I got a uh, Tom Robbins book, and I also have The Dharma Bums by Jack Kerouac, which I read a really long time ago, and I want to revisit. I just redid the On the Road. I listened to On the Road probably once a year. Okay. Like on audiobook or something? Yeah. Okay. Like it, to where I'm not even listening, like it's literally just on, you know? It's a great story. It's... <laughs> It blows my mind how popular, like every time I hear it, I'm like, it's amazing that this is like a classic. Yeah, like it's a cult classic like, for sure. Really, like <laughs> this is just like some dude telling stories, of, like, I don't know. It would have surprised Jack too, I'm sure. You yeah, know? I'm sure. <laughs> He'd have been like, you yeah. people are stupid. Yeah, like, really? <laughs> every time I listen to it, I'm like, I, I can't believe that people are just blown away by this book so much. But, I mean, it's good. I like the Bar Dharma Bums better. See, I haven't read <clears> That's a good one, one, man. Check it out. That is a really good one, especially to be traveling with. Okay. That's a really good one. Um, yeah, I got some camera equipment, you know, small stuff. Um, so now the tools that you brought to repair. Yeah. The quick steel. Are these things that you've learned from experience that you might need or just from other people stories both both um uh you know there are certain things that people consider indispensable in this type of travel quick steel epoxy is one of them you get a piece of something that breaks or you fall over and punch a hole in your clutch cover or something like that you can patch it with that um pretty much permanently if you want um i got extra oil with me i got an extra quart of oil in there somewhere i got uh chain lube um your bike is what is it uh does it have a final drive or does it is it belt or chain it's chain oh okay so i got chain lube with me 
Um, How often do you lube your chain? I generally do uh, every 500 miles. I might do it a little more in this terrain, though, because it's dusty. Yeah. But I generally do it every 500 miles. Um, we'll see. I'll probably do it a little more often now. I was just going to wait till I got to Sturgis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll probably be fine. I mean, it's a brand new chain. My chain's uh-huh. already got, you know, 15,000 miles on it. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. 14, maybe. No way. Yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. Fuck, on my chopper, I go through, I probably use a chain every 5,000 miles. Holy shit. Really? Do you ever adjust to the tightness of it or anything? Oh, yeah. Okay. It, well, the reason I know that it, that it needs to be replaced is like, if I go to the tightest part of it and uh-huh. adjust it there and then go to the loosest part and that loose part hits it's my fucking around. oil pan, yeah. then it's got to go. Mm-hmm. Now, it's pretty tight clearance on my chopper right there with, you know, because I got the clutch arm and the pan, oil, oil bag. So, <clears throat> yeah, there gets a point where it doesn't all stretch the same. And I've tried buying the fucking expensive ones. It, it, they all, they're all about the same, you know. I'm a much more conservative rider than you. That also probably has something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, my fucking Springer wheelies with my hydraulic front end. Yeah, you're a you're snapping a hooligan. the throttle like that. It's probably jacking with my chains a little bit. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so, do you normally travel alone? Um, oftentimes, I do just because other people aren't necessarily up for. Oh, I think I dropped my mic here. Yeah. Um, watch out, bright light. Yeah. Um, other people aren't necessarily up for, uh, what I'm doing. Um, one of my friends, I was on a long motorcycle trip with him and it ended with, uh, him crashing into me, laying his bike down at about 60, broke his ankle and his elbow. And he gave up biking after that. (laughs) Um, my other main riding buddy, uh, is a firefighter in denver and he's very <clears throat> very busy <clears throat> doesn't really get the type of time off that that i've prioritized in my life so uh, we've done some big trips but mostly i i tend to do them by myself these days and what i wind up finding out is that i hook up with people like you you know ride for a couple of days i'll, I'll you know go into a town i'll hang out for a couple of days i'll meet some cool people at a bar um but yeah usually usually by myself yeah. That riding buddy, the firefighter, um, he's meeting me out in Washington um, towards the end of August in about two and a half weeks, three weeks. Nice. And we're going to cruise around for a while. So what we did today, <clears throat> we hooked up and we, you know, we fucking, you got the GPS going. I'm using my paper map. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to follow you because there's a couple turns in here. Oh, it's not real clear. I'm like, this will be. This is great, dude. What do you need? Some cigarettes? Yeah, I'm all out. Well, I mean, I have some, but they're Here. on my bike. I'll hit you back. Thank you. Uh, I hope you like NASCAR killers. Hey, you know, as long as it's not a menthol, I'm good. Thank you, sir. What is that, a Winston? Yeah. Damn. 
So we so we hooked up the fucking we hooked up our cardos, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, you pointed to your thing, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I had almost forgotten that I had mine. You yeah, know? I saw it on your helmet. I was like, "Bro, we can talk." <laughs> we can. Hey, I was what, main thing I was thinking is like, "Hey, we can have this conversation on the bikes." You mm-hmm. know, like let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I got to figure out when well, we had a good conversation. Like it would have been cool to capture that as a podcast. Mm. Uh, you know, and I'll figure that out at some point. Yeah, I had to record that. Yeah. There's got to be a way. I mean, I used to do it. So I figured out a way to sync my Cardo up to my GoPro. And huh. I could click my GoPro on to record. And then it would, it would hook. Both of those two things were hooked up to an app. And it would record the microphone on okay. the Cardo and the video with the GoPro. Oh, that's great. And I could, like, I did that with the Mint 400. <laughs> and then I fucked up and, like, pressed the button to turn it off, but I didn't press it. So then I'm, like, all you just hear me, like, breathing and, like, dying as I'm trying to, like, not die. Yeah, you said desert. that was the hardest thing you've ever done. Yeah, that's not an understatement huh. at all. Every time I hear the Mint 400, I think of, uh, I think of that, that scene in um, Fear and Loathing. Oh, my first thought is him like trying to cover his beard. Drink, yeah, dude. And it's already filled with sand. <laughs> He's like crouched over yeah. all these fucking lizards. <laughs> oh, they're friendly as hired geeks. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that was a good. I mean, that was what that was one of the main reasons I was so stoked to even race the Mint 400. Hmm. Just the fact that they would let me do it on a fucking sports track. I couldn't believe it. Not only did they let me do it, they were stoked to fucking have us there. Sure they were, man. I mean, That's I think badass, I, somebody I on a sports track. paid like $100 and got fucking $500 worth of fucking shit. <laughs> and then got to race. <laughs> and then my friend got $500 worth of shit, too, that didn't even get to race because I blew the motor up. That's right. We're doing it again in December on an Ironhead. So. Oh, man. So you asked me what my favorite constellation is. I don't have a favorite because I don't play favorites, but there's a couple that I really like. One of them's right there. It's the Corona Borealis, and it looks like a smiley face. It looks like the mouth on a smiley face. And I like the Big Dipper because it points to the North Star. Yeah, because that one's fucking big. Easy to find. Big, easy to useful. find. It's exactly. It's useful. Exactly. You can never get lost if you know where north is. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I beg to differ. You can get lost. That's you know. true, but you can always get found. Um, so you were telling me that you rode to Burning Man. Yeah. First yeah, I've off, done that a few times. Tell me about your first Burning You've been there 11 times. I have. What was your first Burning Man experience? How did that come about? <laughs> Did you just get invited? Did you go on your own? What was what was the story there? So I had been hearing about it for years. I I first heard about it in '98 when a girlfriend of mine said, "Hey, there's this thing that I think you would find really cool," and I was like, "Oh yeah, that sounds awesome," but um, I never wound up doing it. Right. So I went to Hawaii in uh, 2007 for a week and stayed for eight months. you went for a week and stayed for eight months yeah because find a job there uh yeah i was helping a dude build houses um but uh i also i bought a a drz 400 perfect 
bought it as like as soon as I decided I was staying, I was like, okay, I'm staying. I need a motorcycle. So I bought a DRZ 400 um, and uh, just cruised the island on that thing. Um, ran into a friend of mine from Boulder, Colorado at a farmer's market who was house-sitting for her sister in the jungle in this little hut. And uh, she was like, you have a place to stay? I said, no. She said, come live with me. So I had a place to live. I had a motorcycle. <clears throat> I had some savings. I stayed in Hawaii. And I wound up connecting with this group of far-out hippies and they turned me on to Burning Man. One of them did in particular and said, you have to come to Burning Man this year. I said, all, all right, well, you know, how do I go about doing that? Blah, blah. She said, I'm going to get you a ticket. So she gets me a ticket. And uh, I go back to the mainland <clears throat> in like June. And because uh, my time was up in Hawaii. And she gets a hold of me. She's like, I have your ticket. Come meet me at Burning Man. So I hopped on, uh, no, I hopped on the website. On, they have a rideshare uh, page on their website. Okay. And I, I was living in Durango, Colorado at the time. And there's definitely people from Colorado going to this Oh, place. yeah, there are. <clears throat> so I connected with somebody from down there. Actually, she lives in Albuquerque. And uh, um, got a ride with her and her two friends to Burning Man. And I, you know, so I've done a ton of camping, but never in that environment. I just, I brought my backpacking gear and uh, 14 gallons of water and, so, and some bunch of MREs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and went off to Burning Man with these cute young girls. And uh, it completely changed my life. I wouldn't say it changed my life. It added something that... Sent you on a different path? Not as much a different path. It just validated the path that I was on. Um, Burning Man is an absolutely incredible thing. It's, you know, there are a lot of people who just go there to party, <clears throat> but it is way more than that. Um, so I went with them and I had such an amazing time. I took Molly for my first time. <laughs> I have a long history with drugs, but it's psychedelics. It's mushrooms and acid and weed and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so I took Molly for the first time and... With uh, with this with this hippie group, were no, you staying with, the, with them? With the girl that got me the ticket, who I met in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, that's the hippie group, right? Uh, no, no, different different people. Oh, so okay. The hippie group I met on the rideshare board. I thought the hippie group in Hawaii told you about different hippie group. Oh, <laughs> but they got you a ticket, or just some? This girl got me a ticket. Okay, the girl okay. from Hawaii got me a ticket. Um, but she didn't go. She did. Oh, okay. She did. I met her there. She hooked me up. So there's a cafe at Burning Man. They do espresso drinks and shit like that. And I was a barista for over a decade. So she got me a, a job, if you want to call it a job, uh, at the cafe. And I started working at the cafe and I met a bunch of great people. And I had fun making coffee for 8 million fucking drugged out people. And I had such a good night the night that I did the molly. No way. Believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, it was ecstatic. Yeah, yeah. It was immaculate. And um, I woke up the next morning. Well, I didn't know. I didn't wake up the next morning because I didn't sleep. Um, I rolled back into my camp the next morning, which was the last day of Burning Man. And the people that I had ridden there with 
were like, hey, we're leaving. Um, we want to beat the rush out of here. And I was like, oh, I, I can't leave. Like, there's another day of Burning Man still. Um, <laughs> and so on the last day of Burning Man, they do this thing. There's a temple at Burning Man, and it's this amazingly spiritual place. And I, I you know, spiritual can be a loaded word. Um, but for me and for a lot of people, it is an incredibly powerful place of human emotion and connection. So the last day of Burning Man, they burn this ornate, huge temple that they've built out there in the desert. And these people that I rode to Burning Man with were going to leave that day before that night of, of the temple burn. Yeah, before and, the reason that they came there, or that the, I mean, that's it, right? Well, there's the, the man, the, the man, Burning Man. Yeah. He burns on Saturday night. And that's like the big climax of the party, you know? But so when do the, they burn the temple? The next night, Sunday night. Oh, and okay. then Monday, everyone leaves. It's the grand finale. You got, you know, you, at the time it was 30,000 people, but now you got 75, 80,000 people gathered around this temple for the burn so in all total the party, silence. Yeah, all the partiers leave after the man burns. They don't, but a lot of them do. A lot of them do, mm -hmm. I bet. Like, hey, we were here for the, yeah. This is Burning Man, the man burn, we've been partying. Right. Let's get the fuck out of here. But for me, the culmination of what was, for me, uh, essentially a, a vastly spiritual experience was not going to happen until the night that my, my traveling companions were going to leave. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I can't leave. And they're like, well, what are you going to do? You're out here in the fucking desert. Where your ride all the way back to Colorado, I was like, I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll figure it yeah, out. It doesn't seem like that difficult. So they left. I did the temple thing. Had an amazing, amazing time. Met a girl at the temple who was also working at the cafe that I was working at. <clears throat> she had caught the flu and was sick as a dog, needed somebody to drive her vehicle and her and all of her shit back to Oakland. Her father worked for the airlines. She said, I'll tell you what, if you drive me and my shit back to Oakland, I'll get you a flight back to Colorado. Perfect. So I drive her back. We have a lovely little love affair for a few days. And, uh, and then I came back to Colorado and picked up my car, which was waiting for me actually in Albuquerque, um, which is where I had met up with this group of people that I traveled to Burning Man with. Gotcha. So I was hooked on Burning Man. The next year when Burning Man came around, I was like, I'm going and I got to go by motorcycle. Which is a big feat because you got to bring a bunch of shit to Burning Man. There's nothing there except for coffee and ice. Yeah. Um, and money's no good. And money is no good except for coffee and ice. That's the only things you can pay for at Burning Man. Um, <laughs> so I went to Burning Man by you motorcycle. You can't buy water, right? What's that? You can't buy water. No. No, you got to bring your own. But you can buy ice. You can buy ice, sit there and watch it melt in the 120 degree heat. Yeah, so that's the same thing. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have, you know, refrigerated food anyway because I was traveling on a motorcycle. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I'm saying is you could buy water when you got there. Like? If you brought roll-up bags or something, you could, like, melt film. the ice. Oh, yeah, I could have done that. Okay, what did you do, though? Um, what I did was I... What did I do? I'm what bike to, were you on? <clears throat> I was on a KTM 950 Adventure. 
Okay. It was a 05-950 adventure. Um, what did I do for water? I honestly don't remember what I did for water that year. Um, I think I must have had somebody haul in water for me. Yeah, that seems like the move. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and uh, rode it mostly mostly pavement, but I took uh, some dirt roads. Um, How is it when you get out there? Is it pretty deep sand? Is it hard pack? It can be. It depends on the year. It depends on the year. Some years it's more hard pack. Some years it's deeper sand. Also, uh, if you're like one of the first people to arrive, it's much more hard packed. But then after tens of thousands of vehicles go over it, it turns into, and it's not even sand. It's like, it's the consistency of talcum powder. Oh, it's, God. It's silt. That kind of sand. Yeah, it is oh. pure talcum powder. That shit's brutal. It's not granular at all. Your like bike sand. loves that. Oh my god! Your bike loves that. Yeah, the stuff. intake system just adores it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got to plug up your muffler when you get there because you get these crazy wind sand uh, dust storms. I would saran wrap that whole motherfucker. That's what some people have done that. <laughs> um, I just brought a bike cover. Is what I did. Oh, perfect. That's um, that's brilliant. Um, so yeah, and I've been hooked. I've been going ever since. I've gone three times by motorcycle. One time, the last time I went by bike was the one that ended with my buddy crashing into me. Um, that was after the burn. You had a friend crash into you? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. He laid his bike down. He rear-ended me and laid his, because I hit my brakes and he was looking down at something. Um, and he rear-ended me and, uh, laid his bike down. I almost did that to you today. <laughs> Thanks for I was not. Like, Why the fuck is he slowing down? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's freaked out by something. That's why. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's Burning Man. Uh, we did uh, Durango to Burning Man almost entirely off road. Um, used paper maps the whole way, and that was an amazing adventure. It took us almost two weeks. Dropped the bikes a thousand times. Um, so do you? Uh... Did you, was that on the 950 as well? Or yeah. 990, what'd you call it? 950. 950. Yep. It was, it was the carbureted version. They they then bumped it up to 990 and went with uh, EFI. So but you've been working the the cafe? I did for a few years, and then I stopped doing that. Um, I'd like to get back into it. So do you go with the camp? Like, are you part of a camp? I or? am now, yeah. I wasn't my first two years. Um on my way back from my second year, I was in the little town of Ely, Nevada, gassing up, bike is loaded to the hilt and covered in dust. Yeah. And there's where this guy came from. Yeah, there's another dude <laughs> gassing up on yeah. a motorcycle. Looks the exact same as me, right? Yeah. You know? So we start chatting. Obviously, he was at the burn. It was his first burn road all the way out from Asheville, North Carolina. Damn. Yeah. There are definitely yeah. people that go from Asheville. Oh, to yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are. They have their own camp, I bet. Too. Oh, they've got a bunch of them. Yeah. yeah. Big uh, big Puffy Yellow okay. is the name of theirs. My my camp is called the Vomiting Sparrows. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, the he had camped with sparrow. the Vomiting Sparrows that year. Okay. And so we started talking he was going to head back to North Carolina. We wound up, I was like, have you ever been through Utah? 
He said, no. I said, oh man, Southern Utah is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. You got to come follow me and, and we'll ride through Utah on your way back. So we did and we became lifelong friends. His name is Rubble. Um, Rubble? Yeah. Yeah. His name is Richard Jones, but uh, sometimes you get a, a, what they call a playa name. Sometimes you get a nickname uh, at Burning Man and it's, if it sticks, that's what you're known as there. Um, like my nickname is Keeper. Keeper. Um, yeah. Um, and that's what everyone knows me there as. Um, so he told me about his camp, the Vomiting Sparrows. He said, you got to come camp with us next year. So I did. Uh, and I've been camping with them pretty much ever since. We, we had an offshoot of the Vomiting Sparrows because the camp started getting really big. Um, we created an offshoot called uh, the ICU. And it's a fake medical tent. And we just, we fuck with people is what we do. <laughs> like, we, we take them in, we, uh, yeah, we've got, we've got a whole shtick, right? But that's kind of faded because it was very labor intensive to do the whole theatrical thing. Um, so I, I consider the Vomiting Sparrows to be my primary um, parent camp. And that's who I camp with when I go. I'm not going this year. It's actually not officially happening this year, but thousands and thousands of people are going out anyway this year. Yeah, I would think the best kind, this would be the year to go. I know, dude. I know. And I want to so badly, but my firefighter buddy who I love and I love adventuring with, um, he can't do that. He doesn't have the time and doesn't really want to do that, which I don't blame him because Burning Man's an ordeal, man. Um, so we decided that we were going to cruise around the Pacific Northwest instead of me going down and, and doing the burn this year. Um, and I'm fine with that because we're going to have a fantastic time yeah um so you got your rain gear my rain gear i do have my rain gear yep yep hopefully won't need it too much but we'll see um i'm not afraid of some rain it uh burning man definitely intrigues me it's um it it is very difficult to describe or explain but it is an amazing, amazing culture and an incredible event. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hooked on it. <clears throat> I'm completely hooked on it. So you've been 11 years in a row? No, I took 2014 or 15 off. I can't remember which. I think it was 14. But other than that, I've been going ever since... Uh, 20, 2008, which was the first year I went. They didn't have it last year because uh, of COVID. Um, they didn't have it. Correct. And that they're also not technically having it this year because of Did people uh, still COVID. show up last year? Yeah, but not all that much. This yeah. year it's like, okay, we took a year off. We're not doing this again. And it's called Renegade Burn or Plan B or, you know, it's got a bunch of different names. But basically <clears throat> it's a community organized burn as opposed to the normal burns, which are put on by the Burning Man organization. Yeah. Um, so there aren't going to be porta potties. There aren't going to be there. There isn't going to be the same infrastructure that there usually is. Damn! They take porta potties out there. Oh, thousands of them. Oh my gosh! And get them serviced twice a day. Thank God. That's one of the most impressive things at Sturgis is how there's clean porta potties everywhere. Huh. Now there's fucking, you know, there's people cleaning them all the time, and mm -hmm. they want you to tip them. And 
I am okay with paying for a clean shitter. Oh, you know, I would too. At Burning Man, we don't do money, but I I always bring, oh, sick shooting star. Yeah. Um, I always bring them beers or sodas or cold water. Yeah, I always bring them stuff and thank them profusely. They look at me like I'm crazy, but. Dude, in Mexico, all the fucking public restrooms are clean as fuck. And they all cost a quarter to use. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is genius. <clears throat> mm-hmm. This is fucking genius. I don't know why. I mean, yeah, that's pretty impressed with that. Have you done any traveling outside the country? Not much. Not much. I've been to Mexico three times, but never on a bike. Um, been to Puerto Vallarta twice and been to um, and Puerto Vallarta and some other places. This great little place called Yalapa that you have to take a uh, water taxi to from, from uh, Puerto Vallarta. There's no roads in or out of it. Um, old school, old school, like cobblestone streets, donkeys, pulling carts. Yeah. Uh, really, really cool. Um, been to like Tulum and that whole area. Um, and I've been to, uh, I took a Europe trip back in 98 um, with the girl that told me about Burning Man first. Uh, we went to Italy, Greece, and Turkey. And no and, bikes over there, huh? No, no, that was before I was riding. I didn't learn how to ride until 2002. What spurred that? Um, I was with my firefighter buddy, who was not a firefighter yet. We were both working at a bar in Boulder, Colorado. And, uh, you know, Saturday nights were always big. So we had a killer Saturday night, got our asses handed to us, got paid. And we did what we usually do, which was the next day we go for brunch at, um, at this place and have... Uh, Oh, what the hell? Um, oh, well, I, well, I'm blanking on the cocktail. Um, mimosas? No, not mimosas. It's Bloody off, Mary's. No, no, no. It's it's rum, soda water, lime, and Mojito. sugar. Sh- sugar uh, m- mojitos. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Don't I have no idea why that blanked. But So we're half-cocked on mojitos, and we see out on the street somebody had parked a GS. And I looked at that thing and I was like, man, I have always wanted to ride a motorcycle and to get a GS. And he looks at me and goes, let's do it. And I was like, are you serious? And he said, serious as a heart attack. And then two weeks later, we're taking the MSF rider course. And then I found a used GS in San Diego Flew to San Diego after only spending the two days in the rider course on a little 250 Nighthawk. <laughs> I fly to fucking San Diego with a backpack and uh, strap it onto a big old 1,000cc 91 BMW. Badass. And rode it back to Colorado. That's how you learn how to ride. Exactly. That is how I learned how to ride. Um and then I've been hooked on motorcycle travel ever since. Yeah, what was the first big trip you did? That one, San Diego to uh, to Colorado. Um, I mean, that's a pretty big trip, especially yeah. for your first one. Uh, so, so, so check this out. Yeah. I didn't realize that motorcycles, that motorcycle, didn't have a gas gauge, right? So I'm riding through the Mojave Desert. It's July. I got all black gear on. Perfect. 
And you look cool as fuck. Yeah. Black bike. Yeah, real cool. Real cool when you run out of gas in the middle of the fucking desert. <laughs> so cool. I'm the cool guy. And uh, so I run out of gas. I'm like, oh, what's wrong with the bike? Oh, it ran out of gas. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about gas. No light well, at least, turned on. To at least tell you me. didn't start, like, taking it apart, trying to fix it. No, I didn't. But I've what I did that. was I coasted off to the side of the highway. I throw down my side stand. I get off the bike. And it was so hot that the, that the, uh, the asphalt was soft. Yeah. The bike immediately slides out, topples over. Slide, what do you mean? The, you didn't it, put it on the kickstand correctly? No, I, I did, but the it literally slid. The, the asphalt was so hot it was soft. <clears throat> and it just it got to the point of the lean point of no return and uh, fell over. So I picked up the <laughs> fucking so the, bike. So the kickstand went into the pavement. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, bike falls over. I pick it up. And I find the only shade. I got my camel back with me. At least I had some water. And uh, I find the only shade, which is like the shadow of a telephone pole. And I'm standing like this in the shadow of the telephone pole, waiting for like half an hour. Not a single car is coming by. I'm picturing myself, I'm going to be that skeleton on the side of the road with buzzards picking at it. At least you got a motorcycle. At least I got a motorcycle with no gas. Yeah, you'll be fine. And uh, 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 Enzo Borrego Park Ranger drives up, shaking his head. He goes, let me guess, you ran out of gas. I said, yeah. So he drives me to Needles, California, which wasn't too far. I buy a gas can, put two and a half gallons of gas in it. He drives me back to my bike. And uh, I learned to check my gas more often. <laughs> <laughs> Tapping on the tank and it's boom, boom, boom. Oh, you know? man, and that's a big tank to be yeah. running out of gas, dude. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing, man. I mean, most of the time I've run out of gas. It isn't because even though I run on my chopper, it's like 2.4 or 2.7. It's not very much gas. Mm -hmm. A little over 100 miles. But most of the time when I run out, it's because I just like skip a gas station. I'm like, I don't want to stop right now. Right. I'm just like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have learned not to skip gas stations. <laughs> oh, I'll skip some gas stations, dude. That's the last Especially time. Especially with gas. this fucking bike now, dude. It's like fucking. I don't know. I don't know how many gallons that thing holds. I really don't. Yeah, you probably lot. got some good range on that, though. It says over two hundred fucking miles when I fill it up. Yeah. Dude. If I don't stop at a gas station before I ride it two hundred miles. Uh, there's something else wrong. You know, I'm, I'm running from something and don't have time for gas or something. It's pretty fucking wild. Pretty fucking wild. So you've been in Colorado for how long? Have you, did you grow up years. here? No, I grew up in New York, just outside the city on Long Island. Oh, no shit. Yeah. How'd yeah. you get to Colorado? Um, did you read well, Jack Kerouac? <laughs> that, that had something to do with it. That had something to do with it. But a buddy of mine, um, when we graduated college, went to school in Colorado, in Boulder. Mm -hmm. And I drove out with him from New York to uh, help him move out for school and fell in love with the town and said, that's it, I'm moving to Boulder. And so the next year I moved out to Boulder. Perfect. So you've seen Colorado go through some fucking changes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know there's been a lot just the last 
I mean, probably since they really legalized weed was when it really started getting hectic. Yeah. But it was picking up steam even before that. Yep. Like in the late late aughts, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. It really started. People started coming to the. They were. I guess the advertising got really good for the Rockies. They were doing like some big campaign <laughs> about like, you know, come to the Rockies. You know, us from Texas, we've been going up there for years because it's not a hundred fucking degrees in the summer. Mm -hmm. But I know that I just remember hearing about lots of people moving there and, you know, seeing it. And then they legalized weed, and fuck. Yeah, yeah, it really blew up. And thank God they did because that's how I saved up all this money to go to be fucking off right now. Yeah, so you did you get in on the ground floor of that? How'd that work? What were you doing? I started uh <clears throat> I started doing it like, you know, closet style. Um, but then I eventually started working for a legitimate operation, fully licensed and everything. Yeah. And um what year was this? Two thousand ten. Okay. Um and did that for about Nine years. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, I got to run over to my bike and I got something charging. I got to turn something off yeah, of do it, it real do quick. It, do it. All right. I'm going to just put this down for a second. I'll be right back. I don't want to be that guy with a dead battery in the morning. <laughs> I don't want you to be that guy either. <laughs> I won't even charge nothing on my bike right now because I got my cardo charging. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I got to put on some clothes, too. I'm cold. Well, the temperature's dropping. So right now, we made it. So we didn't even finish our story as to how what happened today. Okay. We met up. We put on the fucking Cardos. I start following him around. And it was good. And he immediately, right out of the gate, he was like, oh, you're probably going to want to ride faster than me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to slow down. This was good, you know. So we take off, and he was setting a great pace. It, was, uh, it wasn't slow. It wasn't exceedingly fast. It was, uh, you know. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate your. Yeah, it was a good speed. It was a good, safe speed. My problem is, is I just get to going. And get going faster and faster. And then there's like, the road gets real fucked up. Yeah. And uh, anyways, <clears throat> well, what pass did we go over? Uh, we went over Western Pass first. That what? was the first one that we went over where we took the, the photo at the top. Yeah. And uh, then we dropped into Leadville, gassed up, and you bought me lunch. Oh, yeah, hold on, hold on. Get over here. You're skipping some Thank stuff. Thank you very much. So we did Weston Pass, and on the way down, sure enough, we see another motherfucker with a KTM. Yeah. All fucking, it was sick, dude. He had on all fresh gear on his bike, fresh clothes, and, uh, you know, he, was, he wasn't going real fast, which was fine. Uh, we told him to just hop in. He was like, he said he wasn't sure about the terrain, wasn't real comfortable. So, yeah, I was like, jump in. And he wasn't quite keeping up. And, uh, well, David Mann over here was trying to be nice. 
he was like, oh, you know, I was like, what are you slowing down for? He's like, well, that guy's not behind us. And I was like, fuck that guy, dude. Can we, you know, like. You're like, Yoda. You're like Mr. Miyagi, bro. <laughs> I was like, we got, totally we got places to go. And by we, I mean me right now. So let's go. So I push him along and we get down to the bottom and that dude fucking, we get to pavement and the dude fucking pops back out. Now he's behind. to see him again. Yeah, he's behind us and. And we get gas and a burger, and we talked to this guy, and he was so fucking stoked. He had ridden a bike like six times in his life, right? and that was his first time off-road. And he was just stoked to run in with us and, like, have somebody to set a pace and, like, you know, not be so worried about possibly dumping his bike and having to pick it up. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. I'm glad we ran into him. I'm glad that worked out. Me too. Uh, he was stoked. I mean... Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, super nice guy. Fucking slick used car salesman. Is that what his gig was? Because I yeah. heard you guys talking about that. Yeah. What was his name? Steve? Steven. Steve. Hey, check this out, dude. Gear queer. You'll appreciate this. See this? Let me clip back in here. Hold on a sec. My fingers are freezing. Oh, now you got a fucking... A well-insulated jacket. Yeah, on. I got my puffy on. I am happy as a clam see, now. See this? Right? Yeah. You know, you drank out of it earlier? Yeah, yeah. Ice water. What? And a cup. And a cup, and you can put your drugs in it. You can do whatever you want. You can hide your, you can hide your weed. Yeah, dude. Fucking thing is sick. Look, I'm turning into a gear queer. It's fucking happening. <laughs> I, and that's the reason I've been saying it so much, because I keep finding myself, like, dude, getting stoked about my gear. Like, oh, sick, look at this. <laughs> Check this you buy out. buy an adventure bike, and now, now dude, you're a fucking, fucking gear queer. full-on gear queer. I see how it happens. I see how it happens. It started with me with backpacking, you know, because I've... One of the things that happened with me, here, let me give you, pay you back a smoke. Um, one of the things that happened with me was, uh, you know, growing up in New York, I never really wanted to be in New York. I always wanted to be Grizzly Adams, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, finally, I came out to Colorado, and I ran in with a bunch of people who told me about a school called Knowles. Uh, National Outdoor Leadership School that takes you out into the deep wilderness. And just leaves you there? No, no, no. They don't do that. They teach you hard skills. That's awesome. They taught me how to read maps and to backpack, how to shit in the woods, how to navigate, how to uh, do glacier travel and snow travel and mountain climbing and stuff like that. And we were out in uh, northern Washington State for 31 straight days. It rained Whoa. for 19 days in a row. No way. Yeah. And uh, I became hooked. I was like, that's it. This is who I want to be, what I want to do. Um, and so that started all my, my gear queer stuff because <laughs> when you're backpacking and you're carrying Gear's that shit on your back, it's, not only is it important, but the weight of it is important and all this stuff. I mean, I started backpacking with 75 pounds on my back. And uh, that's just too much. So I got into the whole lightweight backpacking thing. And now I can go out 
in serious alpine terrain for a week and only with a week with a big platypus of tequila, big bag of tequila for 35 pounds. Really? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well. And so, yeah, I just... When know. I travel like that with my wife, I have to carry 150 pounds, and <laughs> I only get to use about 15 pounds of that space. There you go. What's your wife's name? Katie. What's Care your last name, Dan? Careful Kate. Careful Kate and Danger Dan. Yeah. Hard Dick. Hard Dick. That's my last name. Okay. <laughs> so we take off. Is that one word or two words? It's one. All right. We take off and we were cruising. We were setting a good pace. We go over that pass. We uh -huh. get down. We have lunch. We talk to Steve. We go our separate ways. And you made a comment. You're like, oh, we're going to this pass. It's going to be difficult. You're probably just going to take <laughs> off. And I was like, all right, that's my cue. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did because you know what? I ran into some trouble and um, I needed to fix it myself. Okay. And what kind it, of, what'd you run into? So there was that one section, there was one section below the pass that had, uh, it was really steep. And there was an outside line, but the inside line was really rutted out and really rocky. And there was a big step. And I took the wrong line and dumped the bike. Dumped the bike in a, on, on a, at a steep angle. It was really difficult to pick it up. Was this before or after the SUV with the caution tape off in the bar ditch? <laughs> <laughs> it was after. This is like a fucking two-wheel drive <laughs> Kia or something. I forgot shit. about that. Yeah. Sorrento yeah. or something. <laughs> so it was it was a good piece after that. It was already uh it was almost above tree okay, line. Because before you got to that part, I was fucking cooking it, dude, on that. Would you call it the hard pack with fucking uh, kitty litters? Yeah. Know, I'm cooking it through Pea there. Pea gravel over the and top. We get to that last little parking lot area in the gate, and I'm booking it, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking, like visualizing my line, like just seeing it so far ahead. Mm -hmm. and, then, uh, and then I got distracted by the beauty. <laughs> ah, that fucking beauty. I'm still, you know, I'm maybe going 45. Which is fast. That's on this real terrain. fast. I haven't hit forty-five yet. It, and then the fucking rock showed up, dude. And then I'm fucking bouncing everywhere. And that's when I started noticing that my front end might be a little fucking wanky. Huh. But yeah, so pass that car. So, so you drop your bike. I drop my bike. It's really steep. I'm like, oh man, I don't know how I'm gonna fucking do this. So I write my bike. Did it go off the trail? No. Okay. No, the only off the trail was down the slope. Off, you know. That, that's why I didn't take the outside line, which was the easiest line. I was afraid of hitting a rock and fucking dumping my bike a thousand feet or whatever. For some reason, that fear is not in me. I will Good take for you. the smoothest line <laughs> if it is like inches away from sure death. I'm like, oh, it's the smoothest line. Like, I don't even... Well, I'm not going to say that's what I should have done, but... 
That's uh, definitely not what it you was do the all line. The time. Yeah. It was the line. The other line on the far left, on the hillside side, was um, was at a fairly steep angle, but it was smooth, and I was afraid that I was going to get slid down into the rut. So <clears throat> I didn't take that line. I went up the gut, which was the absolute wrong thing to do. Dumped the bike. I wasn't going fast or anything, so it was just more of a tip over. Yeah. Um, picked it up which was a little difficult, but I need to get, like, comfortable with picking that bike up. And, uh, but it was in a way that I, I couldn't push it down. I was wedged between some rocks. I couldn't go backwards. I could not go forwards. So here I am. I caught my breath because we're at, at this point, we're at, like, you know, almost 11,000 feet. <laughs> and uh, I was like, all right, first thing I got to do is just catch my breath because it's going to get hard after this. And uh, <clears throat> I tried to ride it real slow-like up, and I could not ride it up out of where I was. So what I eventually did, I dropped it again from a standstill, picked it back up again, and what I eventually did Were was... Were you having to get off the bike to pick it back up? Yeah. It wasn't like just... Okay. No, no. You see all that shit. Well, I mean, it. if you were in a rut deep enough where it didn't... Oh, like, I see what you're saying. Like, no. Okay. No. Um, and uh, so what I eventually did was I got off the bike and I just held the bars. I put it in gear and I walked the bike. You could call it walking. It wasn't really walking. I tried to get up this big rock step by throttling it off the bike and just holding the bike. I could not get traction. My clutch kept on going out. I was feathering it, but my clutch clutch kept going out. Eventually, though, that worked. And I managed to get the bike up past that rock step. Was backing it up not an option? It was not an option. (laughs) Um, And uh, I eventually got onto some easier terrain and uh, got the bike started and did not dump it again, even though it got pretty bumpy. Um, so, yeah, it was really good that you were not there because I had to sit, I, had, I just had to do I it myself. I just been smoking a cigarette, staring at <laughs> I knew you would. Like, I was laughing. I was laughing. Doing? I was like, he, he's probably sitting up on the hill watching me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thanking you for it. Oh, I was that's like, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I was totally appreciating it. Um, so, yeah, I got myself out of a jam. Um, it was probably the technically the hardest part of that whole uh, ascent. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then I got up and over and, um, and just felt great that I had managed to extract myself from that situation and um and rode the rest of it pretty much no problem there were a couple of points there was one point where i deflected off of a rock and i thought i was going over the edge yeah um but it didn't happen thank god i it was one of those things where like about 30 seconds later i shot my pants but not in the moment um pulled over changed my underwear you know um and then uh, <clears throat> finished Hagerman. And so years ago, with my, my then wife, we camped at the, at the base of Hagerman Pass not, uh, on the west side. Um, and I saw two bikes come down from Hagerman Pass, 
on that stretch of road, real rocky, that very final descent before you get to the smooth dirt road again. Yeah. Um, I saw two bikes come down from that. One was an old R100GS uh, airhead, exactly like the one I used to have. And the other was a KTM 950, like the one I currently at that time had. Damn. Which was amazing to me. And I was like, oh man, that is sick. And um, I've since driven that road in my truck and thought, I'd be scared to ride this on a motorcycle. <laughs> um, but here I am doing it. Yeah. And I made it all the way down. And I pulled down just like those guys did when I saw them that time. Um, and at that point, I was jamming tunes. I was listening to the Beastie Boys, actually. Damn. <laughs> and uh, I was just so, so stoked that I just ripped that road for the rest of the way. Um, and then Pretty I passed right by you. Yeah, it's pretty sick, that one spot where there's the ledge on the left and the rocks on the right. <clears throat> I love it when you, like, feel claustrophobic. Like, claustroph claustrophobic. Yeah, claustrophobic on a trail because it's just like, you know, and there's plenty of space. I mean, it's, fuck, a truck was driving down it. Right. But I just love it when there's nowhere to go except for fucking straight forward. So can you flat foot it on your bike when you stop? Yeah. I cannot do that on my bike. Holy shit. So that's the other thing for me is if I stop in challenging terrain, oh, yeah. I'm probably going to wind up tipping over. Well, see, and that's why I wish. So this is the Pan Am special without the adaptive ride height, which was like, you know, their big, uh, that was, that's how they were going after all the gear queers, you know, like check yeah. this out, you know, nobody else has this. I just saw it as something else to break, which it, it is. totally is. But in challenging terrain, it would when you're going slow, it's lower to the ground. It's like okay, oh man, like and I've ridden one since this one. Randall's is like that, and it's it's pretty fucking rad. Huh? I mean, because even though I can stand, I can stand flat footed if my butt's in the right spot on the seat, mm -hmm. like all the way forward. Forward, yeah. Uh, but that's not where I ride most of the time. Well, I guess, I don't know. When I need it, when I need to be there, that's where I'm at. But it would be handy to like be able to easily be flat-footed with some bend in the knees where you can like actually maneuver. And, ha and have some leverage to yeah. keep the bike up. So when my legs are straight out and if I'm able to get like most of my feet down, you just don't, you don't have any, you can't push off with your legs. You yeah. can't engage your yeah, thigh use your muscles. Ankle. Exactly, and I'm not going to hold up a bike with my ankle, you know, so it oh, it winds up often that I'm just like, oh, oh, okay, and it's going. Um, there was not many times today where I was going slow enough to keep my bike up with my foot. <laughs> <laughs> if I had stuck my foot down, it would have just, like, pulled me off the bike, or, you know, like... I did dab. I dabbed a couple of times, and... Uh, um, one of them, I almost caught my foot underneath my, uh, my, one of my side bags. Oh yeah. That... Which it had it been a hard bag, I would have been fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So... The saddle bags, the soft saddle bags are where it's at. Yep. I mean, <clears throat> the, the hard ones might protect the bike more if it goes down in a, in a bad spot, but they're also going to get fucked up more. Exactly. You do go down on like even just a small. And then small... they're not going to be waterproof anymore, you know, because they get dented and all that shit. Because I, I did that on my old 950, you know. I wonder if 
the people that ride Harleys are going to keep calling them saddlebags or if they're going to switch over to, to panners. You know? Well, I wonder how the terminology huh. is going to uh, yeah. evolve. Or maybe yeah. there'll be like a section of Harley riders that are, that are the hybrid Harley adventure riders, you know, the guys on the Pan, Pan Ams. That have come over from <laughs> other bikes. From GSs and stuff like that yeah. saying, oh, finally an American, you know, an American ADV bike. Yeah, with Porsche engineering. Yeah, exactly. I saw a couple of V-Rods today, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Well, I was gassing dude, up those somewhere. fucking V-Rod people, <clears throat> they're worse than adventure bike riders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, so <clears throat> at that point, I'm fucking gone. Like, I'm I'm long gone. Yeah, because I, I tried to mic check you a couple of times. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I like, lost oh, he's you gone. on the pea gravel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, he's not there. I started singing, you know, like, all right, well, now that he can't hear me fucking singing, I just went to it. And uh, so I get down the bottom of the pass, and I see that fucking beautiful lake, and there's people out there on paddle, like canoes and mm-hmm. stand-up paddle boards. I'm like, fuck, and I'm going down there, and there's a, a damn campground. It was a fucking, it was, that's what it was called, the damn campground. <laughs> and I go down there, and there's all these signs, parking for campers only. Like, every spot close to the water, parking for campers only. And I'm like, obviously, I'm fixing to park in one of these places. <clears throat> and then I see the lady, the fucking camp host, and she looks like one of those ladies that she is just waiting for somebody to do something so she can go talk to him, right? Uh-huh. And then I see this guy with a fucking motorcycle. I just pull right up. And uh, and he's like, you know, he starts walking up with this confused look on his face. And he's like, is it? And before he spits it out, I was like, hey, I'm going to park right here and get in the water. That's cool, right? Is that a Pan America? <laughs> so I just start unloading. <laughs> like, all right. So I'm like taking off my clothes and he's asking me questions. He is like paying me no attention. He's like literally just talking about, about the bike. The bike you know? <laughs> In shock that he's seeing this. He had like a BMW 300. It was. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of the little 310s or something 310, like that. 310. That yeah. was what it was. It was, I mean, it was, looked like a, what, a street fighter type shit. It was, yeah. It yeah. was a rad looking bike. He tried to go up the pass. <clears throat> Up Hagerman. And he got to the fucking water crossing, the deep one, the uh-huh. big fucking pond. That was great, man. That took me by surprise. Did it? Yeah. I came over the rise and I was like, oh, man, there, there's a, I had heard that there was a big water crossing and I thought maybe it had dried up, but no, it had not. Oh, no. Yeah, I was in second gear. Like I said, I just had to, oh, I right. had to lay on it and feather the clutch. Oh, I stopped. Made sure my GoPro was on. Yeah. I was like, fuck, I got if I If this thing goes down, I got to capture it, you know? <laughs> but it didn't. That's one of the things I brought with me in my toolkit is a, a spark plug wrench, just in case I get hydrolocked. You know? If, if, if you take water into the engine and try and start it again, you're going to bend all your rods, so... That's why you got to just run it. You don't <clears throat> stop it. <laughs> fucking pin it, dude. When in doubt, throttle. Ow, dude. Yeah. Mine hiccuped a little bit. <clears throat> I just gun it. It doesn't matter what's in front of me. If it starts doing that, I am fucking gunning it. Mm-hmm. It happened more outside of Buena Vista, but <clears throat> anyways, I get to that campsite, and the guy's like, hey, there's the, and I'm like, "How's what's the quickest way to the water from your spot? He's like, just go behind my tent. There's a fucking dam. Kids have been jumping off of it. And I was like, no way, dude. Oh, yeah. So I go over there, and I stand up on this, and behind me is like, 
I don't know, a hundred foot drop down to the river. And then the, the water, you know, it's probably 10, 15 foot drop to the lake mm-hmm. on the other side. But I could see shit under, like next to the dam, right underneath the surface of the water. And now I'm like, I'm not jumping in this. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody else is jumping. But I didn't see any no jumping signs. I'm like, but I'm like, dude, I'd hate to end this trip with me like jumping onto a pipe that's like sticking out of this motherfucker. <laughs> so I asked some girl on a paddleboard and she's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay. So I'm looking around and uh and I remember that guy telling me some kid was jumping off of it and his parents were like, Oh, go ahead, you know, you're just gonna get cold or something. It's like, oh if a little fucking kid can do it. So I bailed. And then I'm drying off and I take off my swim trunks, and then sure enough, I hear this. I right hear you just blast by. It. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there he goes. <laughs> I fucking just catch you through the trees. <laughs> I thought you were way ahead of me at that point. I figured I wasn't going to see you again. Well, I mean, I was drying off, you know. <laughs> and, I almost uh, pulled in, man. So, yeah, so then I was going to catch you, and then I, <clears throat> you know, I put on new underwear, socks. I threw away, <coughs> threw away my underwear <laughs> that I had on for three days or something. Uh, new socks. What? Oh, yeah. Fucking talk to those. Dude, then the neighbor guy showed up that had his mountain bikes, but he's got a GS, you know. It was mm-hmm. a fun, we had a small bike convention right there. At that <laughs> and I finally get, oh, get all my shit together. And take off, and I fucking passed that first road for whatever it was uh, by a ways. Hmm. Went back, got on that. And that was a cool stretch. That was the first, like, real red dirt I've seen on this, hmm. on this trail. And I got to give it to these guys that put this route together. Yeah. The way they did it, uh, the way it built, like, uh, crescendos and decrescendos and, hmm. like, uh, uh, what do you call it? The difficulty, you know, like in putting Ofer and Cinnamon and California, those passes on the second day, you know, mm-hmm. and then that third day is like, <clears throat> and I did the second day and the third day in the same day, but you know, the third day is just easy sailing. You know, they made it so it's like, you know, you got some breaks, a little easy, a little hard or, you know, like, I just think they did a I don't know how much thought they put into it, but I, yeah. it looks like they put a lot. Yeah, I think, I think they, they did. It. I think, and you know that they have, there are a bunch of other, well, yeah, you were talking about the Utah one. Yeah. There's the Utah, there's Arizona, uh, there's Idaho, New Mexico, <clears throat> New Mexico, Arkansas. Washington. There's a New England BDR. New England. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that's pretty tough, actually. Through the Appalachian? Yep. Yeah, I bet that's Yep. Sick. Northern Appalachian. See about, yeah. 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 So then I'm doing my thing. I'm trying to catch up with you. I was thinking, oh, this is going to be sick, dude. I'm going to find him. Already have camp set up, <laughs> spot picked out, firewood collected. And I thought, I, you know what I thought? Because, <clears throat> I mean, I know I only just met you, but I thought where um, the, the actual route, they had the road closure there for the fire. Yeah. Um, I was like, I bet he just said fuck it and went through well guess what i did but the road sign past that fire sign was different than what was on the map it was 414 oh huh so i don't know if maybe you take 414 to 412 or 
Okay. Whatever it was, yeah, I did go past the sign. Okay. But it wasn't <clears throat> the right road. <clears throat> okay. Huh. So. Yeah, I turned around and, and went to Eagle. I went to Eagle. That's when I got fucking pulled over. <laughs> I fucking dirt road turns to pavement, and I saw these fucking drugged out kids in the truck. And the reason I say they were drugged out is because all the windows were down, and they just looked at me, and all their eyes were like, I could like, I could, they just weren't there. You know, like, mm-hmm. they saw me, but they they didn't really see, see you. you know? right. Like, they were they looking were, at you, but they didn't see yeah. you. <laughs> so I fucking pass. I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm getting in front of those motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Pass him. I'm coming in hot. And then I see a, a cop car, I think. But, you know, there's so many cars just parked on the sides of the road because yeah. they're hiking or whatever fishing yeah so i saw an suv and i'm like oh, i think that's oh, i better just hang on to the speed because you know if i just slow down because i saw him that looks real suspicious mm. so i come in going i don't know 50 something miles an hour it's a 25 <laughs> but when i passed him i look over there and i didn't see anybody in the car so i was like oh it's one of those fucking cop cars they just Right, park, yeah, know, yeah. Just to slow you down, <laughs> which is a very effective way to it go. It sure right is. It sure is. And then he pulled out behind me. Uh, and then he follows me for a while. Gets behind me. Before he let you We up. get to a stop sign. I hang a left. And I get to a stop sign. Now I really ha- I know for sure I'm on the wrong path. And uh, I hang a left. Then he puts his lights on. Ended up being a young kid. And uh, he was telling me how to get here. And this road that I came up, was it something trail? Trail Creek or something? Ridge or something. Yeah. Anyways, he was like, man, it was shut down. The fucking semi-truck went up there and got stuck last night. And I was like, oh, man, I heard about some shit like that. There was a bunch of cars on Hagerman, that BMW that was in oh the my dish. Oh, my God. Tires off the fucking <laughs> rims yeah. and shit. Like, Bumper, like front somebody, bumpers all ripped like, off. stole that motherfucker. <laughs> that's what I to thought, too. I was like, yeah, that's somebody stole that shit and no, took it for a ride. What happens is 70 gets shut down all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. 70 shut down right now because so of landslides. So they just, like, fucking off-road. They tried. They look at their map. Oh. It says a pass. Or Google Maps go. tells them, yeah, right. exactly. Right. So then he was like, see that flat spot over there? Yeah, a fucking Greyhound bus got stuck up there last Holy night, dude. Holy shit. Full on dirt fucking road. Greyhound bus. He realizes he fucked up, backs up, knocks his oil pan off. Full of passengers. <laughs> <laughs> on top of some path. Yeah. Greyhound bus. Honey, I'm going to be late. Anyways, I talked, <laughs> you know, I bullshit with this guy. He's like, I'm just going to give you a warning. Oh, You're nice. out of state. That's great. I'm like, yeah, I pull out my map. I'm like, yeah, dude, I think I'm in the wrong spot. Show me how to get where I'm going. So then he, you know, tells me all this bullshit. Camping by that. the river. Camping by the river. <laughs> You'll be there in 15 minutes. <laughs> Dude. So then I'm fucking cruising down the road, and all of a sudden I see another fucking KTM. <laughs> and there you are again. I going the wrong it. way. Wait. I'm like, this motherfucker, he must have forgot provisions, you know? Right. No, no, I realized, I looked at my GPS and realized that I had taken the wrong turn. I don't think you did. Huh. According to the to the route markings, okay. uh, I did. According to the map. Okay. And according to the cop, for sure. Okay. okay. But the cop, I don't, you know, I'm not sure about. Yeah, I'll do a lo- little reconnoitering 
in the morning. I mean, whatever it did, we got to a good spot. I mean, we're not on the river. No, this is uh, great, man. This is perfect. I've seen three great windy. shooting stars already. It is lucky. It is not <laughs> if windy. If it was windy right now, uh, this wouldn't happen. No. We wouldn't be podcasting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm grateful for no wind. It's chilly, though. So this is my third day on this BDR. Uh-huh. And I got two more days to go. My tire... <laughs> it's not looking great. It is <laughs> It is not really there. Is it? No, not so much. It's I mean, got some dimples on yeah, it. There's not the knobs. That's I'm pretty disappointed <laughs> in that scorcher huh. from Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. But I think if I do play my cards right when I get to Sturgis, I can get a tire. I'm telling you, I love the tires I'm running. Yeah. The my last set. Do they make them as big as this? Really, I want to take should. whatever they got in Sturgis. And yeah. I can't be too picky. When you when you're on the road like this, you don't get to be like, well, you know what? That's not tire. Well, on. you do and you don't actually. There's a couple of outfits that you can order a tire from. They'll send it out right quick to a, a local motorcycle shop, and then yeah. they'll mount them up for you. So you can order from like uh, Revzilla. Or from, uh, I ordered from an outfit in California called Chaparral Moto. They do a lot of dirt stuff. I've seen them, yeah. And um, they've got some great videos on YouTube, like tutorials and things like that, and reviews and things. Um, or Rocky Mountain ATV. They're really good also. Yeah. And they'll ship you right I used to out buy whatever my you want. Motorcycle tires through them. Yeah, they're great. They'll ship you out whatever you want. You can get the tires that you want, and they'll be here in a few days. Well, I'm not playing that card. Okay. I'm going to Sturgis. Yeah. Where Harley Davidson is king. Yep. It sure as shit is. <laughs> yeah. But they're not going to have knobbies, right? But oh, you're are, you're not going to be doing dirt I'll all that much I'll fucking pull them that. off the god. Oh, hell yeah, I am. Oh, you will. All right. All right. Yeah, they're going to have knobbies. They're going to be showing some. I'll pull them off a fucking Harley Davidson demo bike, dude. Okay? <laughs> I'll be like, this motherfucker that you guys sold me doesn't have 2,000 miles on it, dude. <laughs> I don't know what the warranty guarantee bullshit is, but this ain't right. And uh, we'll go from there. I got, uh, on my last set of of rears, uh, I got well over 5,000. Yeah. Um, Well over 5,000, probably. And they still got a bunch of tread left. I just put fresh rubber on for this trip, but the ones that I took off still have plenty left to them. So I'd say that they're probably a good 8,000-mile rear tire. Uh, not for me, not and for what you. What kind of tire is it? It's made by a company out of Australia called Motoz, M-O-T-O-Z. Um, and they've got a really wide range of tires. Um, this one is called the Rallies. Uh, yeah, it's the Motaz Rallies. I had the Motaz Adventures on before that, which are essentially the same tire except slightly less aggressive. But I love these. I love these. I, I mean, you saw I was at 20, 20 PSI. I was almost dragging my bags on those turns. Um, they're great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm super happy with them. Yeah, and maybe I shouldn't have been running so much tire pressure in mine. Maybe it would have lasted longer. Um, no, it would it, it'll last longer with the pressure. It'll, it won't last as long. You that's just, even more disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are Michelins, right? I think those are the Michelin Wilds you have on there. I thought I saw a Michelin thing. I don't know. I'll tell you what, it's not, I'm not getting... Well, if that's what they got, Sturgis, that's what I'm getting. 
Oh, it'll get me back. It'll get me back. They'll probably have a set of Continental TKC-80s. Okay. Um, those are, they don't last very long either, is the thing. The TKCs don't last very long. They're great tires, except for the, the uh, longevity. Um, if you can get a hold of these Motas or, or um, Mitas, M-I-T-A-S, it's spelled like Midas. Yeah. Um, those are also really good, and they tend to last a while. Huh. I'm going to put some fucking Bates Bajas on this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I got my chopper, dude. <laughs> chopper tires last. All right, let's wrap this thing up. We just did two hours. Holy David, shit. David, man, I really appreciate it. My pleasure. My uh, pleasure. It has been such a pleasure to run into you. That it has uh, a nice it's been the highlight of my trip so far. Well, it's a short trip. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't say it's going to be the highlight. <laughs> Up till now, it's been the highlight. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Thank you. All right. David, man, I hope all is well. Can't wait to hear. I sent him a message this morning to figure out where he's at, but didn't respond. I didn't take a photograph. Well, I, t- I did. T- I took one photograph, and he's just standing there with his pants down. Uh, I, fuck, I already posted that photograph when I posted a bunch of pictures of my tent set up, my campsites. But he took a photo of us at the first pass we went over. So hopefully I'll get that. I'll post that up. Um and then we'll get an update as to where he's at. He's somewhere, fuck, by Canada probably. Who knows, man? Who fucking knows? I'm in Red River for about 10 more days. My wife turns 40. I got a fucking old lady for sure now, dude. And uh, I'm going to do something special for her. And then we're coming back to Texas to get ready for the nitty-gritty chopper city in the southern throwdown and i'm i'm really fucking stoked to get back to texas and see my boys and go pick up that shovel head motor from boston billy and drop off my shovel head motor dude i gotta get my chopper back on the road i am having like i am enjoying this new adventure bike way more than I thought possible, honestly. It's gotten me in and out of some crazy predicaments. I've seen some wild things. You know, with everybody, you know, traveling around and sticking inside the country, it seems like a lot of things have gotten more crowded. But when you're riding off the main roads, there's a lot less traffic, a lot more, not a lot more motorcycles, but more motorcycles. I haven't seen any Harleys out in the wild, but it's pretty rad. I'm really enjoying it, but I am looking forward to getting my chopper back on the road and like, you know, having that security blanket of, uh, you know, nostalgialistic freedom. I, uh, I just made that word up as you can tell. Anyways. Yeah, that's, that's what's going on over here. Go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com, sign up to become a patron so that you have a chance at winning a shovel head motor and a fucking chemical candy customs chopper tank, dude. I don't, I mean, if you're listening all the way to this point and, you know, you found any enjoyment out of the last two hours and you see potential for more of that, because I've got more shows 
recorded and more shows to record. And hell, I've already put out a bunch. Surely you can donate five bucks a month to keep this show going and to get a chance at winning some badass shit. I'll be giving away Lowbrow Customs gift card this month, next month, and the month after that. Seems like it's pretty pretty easy situation, dude. DangerDanceTalkShop.com. Then you can go to MCShopTees.com because you do not have enough motorcycle shop t-shirts. And you do not know about enough local shops for when you hit the road. I'm telling you, when you show up to a shop with a little situation while you're on the road and you've already got one of their shop shirts on, You're getting that fucking local treatment. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how far away you're from. And normally, the shops that I feature, you're going to get it anyways, whether you got their shirt on or not. But I'm sure it will be an added bonus if you roll in with your MC Shop T shirt that features their shop. It's a no-brainer, mcshoptees.com. Plus, you don't want your kid look like a fucking idiot when he goes to school. Put them in a badass chopper t-shirt. Done deal. All right. Catch you in the morning.